0: Well, we are finishing up a very short two-part series called Clean, and uh, I enjoyed last week's message so much. I mean, I just enjoyed preaching it and be able to get it out there and to help people make the connection between, like, Old Testament unclean and clean and the New Testament clean. And if you missed it, I'll just give a short review. Um, we wrote a song as a church called Clean. And uh, I love that our worship team is writing songs. As a matter of fact, all week, this last week, they were writing new songs. I can't wait to sing them. Of course, you know, as pastor, they give me the advanced copies, so I'll be singing them before you. You know, it's just the way it works. But I can't wait. But uh, we've got uh, clean, and, and they wrote this, and it's just beautiful. The lyrics, of course, I read them last week, but it just, I just thought it was so powerful. White as the snowfall, my scarlet stains erase, undeserving but laden with your grace. I am clean. I am clean. I mean, just, it's so beautiful, the words that were there. So I said I wanted to preach on that, but I also realized that the Bible has a lot to say about being unclean and clean and what cleanses us. And so we talked about that we were in the Old Testament that people were realizing that they were unclean. They had so many different things that made them unclean, and they had to become clean. They had to figure out how do I get clean so I can go and worship God? How do I do this? And so on the Day of Atonement, they had the scapegoat and they said, all your sins are placed on the goat. And it was the scapegoat who would go out into the wilderness. They also sacrificed the red heifer. We talked about this. And if you missed it, you can watch it online. And they would take the ashes from the red heifer. And whenever they were unclean, they would take the ashes, mix them in a cup with a little bit of water, and then they would sprinkle on things. And then they would be clean. It was a way for them to be clean. And then they'd you know leave that like are we clean I don't know I I think so I'm being obedient It, it works because they say it works but I don't get it I don't understand it. And then we talked about in Hebrews, and I want to read this scripture, and then we'll jump from there. Hebrews 9, it talks about that, that what we have in Jesus is so much better than the Old Testament model that was pointing to Jesus. What we have now really helps us to understand that we are clean because God makes us clean. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, it says, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, remember we talked about that, sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they're outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? It's a beautiful thing. He's saying, how much more? It's just so much better. It's so much more incredible, the blood of Jesus Christ that doesn't just get us outwardly clean, but it cleans us spiritually. It cleans us in our minds. It cleans our consciences, and it helps us to do things for God. We're going to look at that in just a moment, but I'm not sure we really realize how unclean we are. I mean, I just don't know that we fully understand how unclean we are. Of course, in the Old Testament, they had all the, the, the laws and rules and things that would help you to say, like, that's unclean, unclean, unclean. But today, I want us to understand that our sin is so unclean. Our sin is so unclean, and it separates us from God. He's, he's so far above us. His holiness is so amazing, and we are so unclean in our sin. I don't know that we fully understand it in our culture. I was talking to somebody that works at a A nuclear plant. I was talking to this guy, he works at a nuclear plant, and I was talking to him about Old Testament, you know, things, and we were just kind of in life group talking about this. And uh, he said, you know, all those rules for the priests, like go and wash your clothes, wash your hands, then change your clothes, and then wash, and then change, and then go into God's presence. And then when you get out of God's presence, wash, and then change your clothes, and wash. And he's like, it sounds like they're going into a nuclear reactor. He said, that's just, it just sounds like to me, like they're dealing with something so powerful, so much greater than them. That it's, it's all, he said, that's like how we have to do it in the nuclear building. Like we go in and we wash and we change and we do this and we cleanse and we do it and we come back out and we have to cleanse. And he goes, it just sounds like the same thing. And I said, it really gives us a perspective. Like God is so holy, He's so powerful. He's so amazing that when the priests would come into his presence, they're like, clean, clean, clean. Okay, stepping out, clean, clean, clean. He's so amazingly holy. We are dealing with something so much more powerful, how many know, than even nuclear energy? I mean, he's powerful. He's holy. And, and without going down this road, without an unmediated ability, like without Jesus standing between God and us, we couldn't get close. We could not get close, but the blood of Jesus Christ allows us to get close to God. Now we talked about last week that even our, our best things are like, even our best righteousness is like dirty rags to God. It's just so far. And, and, and I just, I wanted to just stop here for just a while. just before we go into the New Testament clean, again, just to reiterate how dirty we are. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make us, feel bad like I'm but I'm trying to help us to have a reality of like this is how bad we really are and we are saved from our sins we are saved from our sins and and the the Bible says this in Isaiah 118 it says come now let us settle the matter says Lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be white as snow though they are red as crimson they shall be like wool And in our song, um, I Unclean, it says, you know, my scarlet sin erased. And I want to let you know that we are living in a world that is full of what I would call scarlet sins. I mean, they are red. They are staining us. And I mean, have you ever had like a a white shirt on and then you spill on it and you immediately go into panic mode? because You're like, oh, Seriously? You know, the other day I was eating, I, I, was, I was. must have been eating like, uh, oh, I had some like soy sauce or whatever and a brand new white shirt. It was a brand new golf shirt. And I was like really proud. I'm like, this is a great golf shirt. And I know you don't think it's a big deal, but for me it was. It was a brand new one. And I was like, yeah, this is brand new. And all of a sudden, it just spilled. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me first time I've ever wore it and I was complaining to Becca I was complaining to Darren and Jane I was like this is the first time ever and Jane's like well get this and do this and I'm like oh I could I, mean, I was like, and I was like taking the club soda and you know and as I'm scrubbing it I'm like I'm thinking oh no I'm gonna ruin the shirt you know how many know you i mean, like I could scrub it so much I'd ruin it I was like oh man how am I going to get this stain out how am I gonna?" Get this? our lives are stained our lives are scarlet stained with, with sins that are on us. That's what God says. He said, it's on you. You have scarlet sins. And we live in a society that is full of, they're not just little yellowish brownish sins. They're scarlet stains. I mean, our society is so full of adultery and, and people brag about it. We, we buy magazines to see who's in adultery with whatever else. I mean, we don't think anything of it. Talk shows talking about it. We commit fraud on a daily basis as a society. We have liars. We have people that steal. We have deep addictions. And we have people that just, they think they're fine. They brag about it. They think that they're clean and yet we're living horribly filthy dirty lives. Proverbs 16:2 says all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And Solomon when he wrote that, he was realizing there's people walking around with dirty scarlet stains on them and they think they're fine. They think they're fine and God's like, "No, you're not fine. You're not fine." And it's so sad in our society that even when people are caught doing the wrong things, how many know the first thing they do, they don't call their pastor to confess, they call their lawyer to get them out of the trouble. Get me out of the trouble. Write me up a phrase. Give me some words that will make this sound not as bad as what I'm doing. And God's like, uh, in case you didn't know, lawyer clean, media clean, that's not clean. You gotta be God clean. He's like, I I don't care about your angles. I don't care about what your attorney said. If you don't have the blood of Jesus cleansing you, you're dirty. And our low standards have allowed us to live dirty and think we're clean, and it's a scary place. It feels like we're living in Isaiah 520 where it's like, woe to those that call evil good and good evil. That's what I feel like sometimes in the world. Like, I'm wondering, like, how am I bad? And that's good, and I, I, I don't get it. And I really feel like this, like, I feel like our compass is broken. How many know what I'm talking? I feel like our compass is broken. Like we're trying to navigate through life and we've got a compass in today's society that's called this. If it feels good, it's okay compass. And I don't think that's the way God wants us to live because that compass is leading us right into destruction. That compass is broken. How many remember when uh, iPhones got their map and it came out and the maps app was all wrong? Remember that? I mean, I, I remember you know, type it in and I was at a conference and I can't remember where we were, but Pastor Kirk was with me and we were at a conference and uh, it was over and we had dinner and we said, oh, let's go see that movie. And so we entered the address in there. It said movie theater, pushed on there and we followed the directions right to the boondocks into this guy's driveway, you know, <laughs> of this house. And I'm like, he might have a nice home theater, but we're not going in. He's probably got a gun. We're not going in. You know, and so I'm like, all right, what are we going to do now? You know, it was broken. Beck and I we were on vacation, and, and maps said, like, turn right. It was broken. And it was like, this is the right way to go. And it was telling us to turn into a river. There was no bridge. And it was like, turn right. And so I, I went around the block, and I thought maybe it would reset. I got back to that. It just turn right. I'm like, I can't turn right. and I did. I, you know, and I kept making a bigger and bigger circle until I went like two miles out of my way till it rerouted me around. I was just so frustrated. It was broken. If I would have followed what that said, I would have wound up in the river. I'd have wound up dead. And if you, fi- if you follow what feels good, go for it. You're going to wind up dead. You're going to wind up dead in your sins. It's time for us to get back to the real compass. How many know what I'm talking about? We got to get back to God's word that hasn't changed, that is right here for us, and it's been guiding us ever since He's given it to us, and He's saying, This is the way you should live. This is your compass. If you want to be clean, this is what you're going to have to follow, and this is what you're gonna to have to look at. That's why Hebrews four twelve says the word of God is alive and powerful, it's sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, it's cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires they saying, you want to be clean? This is the way you're going to get clean. You're going to find out what you need to do, and then you're going to apply the blood of Jesus to your life. Yep. Yeah. I'm just so sad because we live in a society that is not clean, and then they, they try to minimize how unclean they are, how we are. We do it too. People that go out and get drunk, they don't say, well, I'm a drunkard. They say, oh, we got wasted. You know, it's no big deal. It was not a big deal. I had a few. You know, true story. We had somebody come up and when I did this series on Wasted and they said, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought society like wrong was like, if you're the designated driver and you're drunk, that was wrong. But as long as you weren't designated driver, you were safe to do. I said, no, that's not. That's like a broken compass. That's a broken compass. That's the world we live in. I mean, we say people, you have profanity and profanity is Coming out of all sorts of people's mouths. It's, it's broken, it's dirty, it's scarlet sins. And, and we've moved from, excuse my French, to, you know, that word isn't even wrong. What's your problem? I mean, we cheat people financially, and people say, well, that's just the way you do business. Our compass is broken. And I'm just praying God will help us to be, stop saying I'm clean in my own sight and saying, God, cleanse me. Help me to really line up to what your word has to say. Now, once we realize that we're, we're dirty, once we realize that we have scarlet sins and we're full of sin, once we realize this, we've got to confess our sins to God. And it's not enough to just admit it. We have to confess it. What's the difference? If you admit it, you concede that it's true. You say like, well, you're doing this. You're like, that's true. I've actually had people where I've confronted them about their sin and they're like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, and that's me. I'm like, do you want to do anything? They're like, well, are not you happy? I'm just, I admit it. I'm not phony, like saying I don't do it. I'm like, no, no, that's not enough. It's not enough to just admit it. The Bible talks about us confessing our sins and that's when we admit to the guilt. That means when we say that we're wrong, that means that we want to ask forgiveness. That's why in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I mean, some people can admit that they're wrong, admit, yeah, that's me, that's me, but they don't deal with it. But confessing says, I admit it, I deal with it, I feel guilty about it, I repent about it, and I want to ask forgiveness, man, I need to move forward, and I need to have my life cleansed. I need to have my life cleansed. And there's a beautiful thing with Jesus. We know that we're forgiven, and we know that we're cleansed, and it goes all the way down into us, into our spirit, into our conscience, everywhere. Let me read it again, Hebrews 9, 14. It says, how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. We are cleansed. We are cleansed spiritually. We are cleansed in our mind. We are cleansed in our conscience. And we can stand before God and say, I know that I'm clean. Remember, the Old Testament follower of God would say, I think I'm clean. But when you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, you're like, I'm clean. I'm clean. And that applies to all the things that you've done in your past. How many know that if, if, if you weren't cleansed, if, if Jesus' blood didn't cleanse all the way down into your conscience, you'd come into church and you'd hope that nobody would know what you did years ago, right? You'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it would just be in your mind. You'd be like, my past is pretty bad. My past is really bad. My past, is bad. I, I hope it's covered. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of the way he cleanses us, how many know that you start living and, and your past, you realize it's forgiven? And you're like, this is amazing. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from that. And you're like, good, my conscience is clear. How many know you You realize I'm not perfect today, but you thank God that he's cleansed you. And you're like, hey, even though I'm here today and I messed up this morning, I'm okay. I'm asking for forgiveness and I'm just, whatever he says, I'm gonna just repent of and kind of get back in right with him. I know your future, man, it, the, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our past, our present, and our future, and it cleanses our conscience so that we can move forward in the future and say, I think, man, I'm gonna make it. Jesus Christ has forgiven me, I'm gonna make it. It helps you go through today, I'm gonna make it. You, the, the enemy starts reminding you of your past. You're like, wait a minute, forgiven, taken care of. Let me read one for you. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Wow, that's an amazing verse right there. The, the story is told about Martin Luther, that Martin Luther had a dream that the devil had a scroll. And on the scroll, he said, remember this sin? Rem-. How many think Martin Luther had some vivid dreams, right? Yeah. And he said, remember this? And he goes, yep, I did it. And he said, how about these ones? And he said, yep, yep. And then he was like pointing out things in the future. And Martin Luther was looking at it. And in his dream, he's like, what do I do? And you know what he did? He got out his quill or whatever he was writing with. And he went up there and he wrote 1 John 1, 7. And then he looked at the next one, 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know what? He cleanses us from all of our sins. And he wrote it on every single one of them and then slept soundly. Some of you need to memorize that one. Some of you need to memorize that. You need to say, God, my conscience has been clean. I don't have to worry about those things. They are put under the blood. I've been purified and I've been taken care of. And it means that we have no spot, no stain. We've been forgiven. The guilt has been taken away. The defilement has been removed off of our life. And we stand before God cleansed and clean. It's a beautiful thing. White as the snowfall, my scarlet sins erased. Man, that's a beautiful line. And then it says this, that because we've been cleansed, because our conscience is clean, because we come in, we can serve God. We can serve God. And we can come into his presence and we can serve him with joy. Once we're, we're, we're cleansed, we, we get to serve him. We don't have to serve, we get to serve him because we're cleansed. You know, if, if you're dirty, how many know it's hard to serve God if you're dirty, but when you're cleansed, it's pretty exciting. You know, you don't have to walk into church, like not making eye contact with God, you know, kind of like heads down, don't, you know, you're like, hey, God, I'm here. I'm cleansed because Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. I'm cleansed and I get to serve you. I get to make eye contact with you. Some of you need to make more eye contact with God. I'm, I, I just feel that. I feel like you're, you, you kind of come in and, and you're not quite sure if you're good enough. But if you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you're covered. You're covered. And you need to make more eye contact with God. You need to lean into the things of God. You need to realize that he says when you're covered and you ask for forgiveness, you're clean. You're clean because of what he did, and you need to make eye contact. You need to be able to come boldly. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 4:16. It says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. We need to come boldly into his presence and, and say, God, I'm clean. I am so clean. And then in, in this serving, in serving where it says like that we may serve the living God, that's in Hebrews nine fourteen. it says God's covered us. He's, he's cleansed us with the blood and he's cleansed our consciences. We don't have to worry about the past. We don't have to worry about those things. We can, again, write First John 1, 7 over it. We can move forward. But he says now we can serve him. We can serve him with gladness. And I want to let you know that the word that is used to say serve here in Hebrews 9, This is a high-level word, and I hope this gives a revelation to our church right now. I'm praying for this to be a breakthrough, okay? When it says you can serve God, it's not saying like serving him like a slave. It's not saying serving him like a servant. It's not saying serving him like a son or daughter even. This word that is used here saying, now that you've been cleansed, you can serve him like a priest. High level, high level. That means when you come to church and you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, when you are in on praise and worship, you are praising God like a priest. You are standing there like a priest offering the sacrifice to God. Now that ought to up our praise when we go to praise God. I don't think the priest showed up late for his responsibilities. I'm just saying I don't think like, where is Eliezer? He's supposed to make the sacrifice. He's running late. He had to stop at Starbucks. Don't worry. He'll be here. You know, the priest is like, I'm there on time because I'm here to praise the living God. I'm making the sacrifice. By the way, I don't think he served with the Starbucks in his hand. One hand praise. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I think he went in and he was ready, wholehearted, ready to praise. That's what he says you have, can serve him now at a priest level, priest level praise. That means wholehearted. I mean, I think about how sometimes we praise God and we worship God as the church service starts. We are so distracted. We are so into whatever else. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I don't like that song that much. Okay, you know, all right. And then I hope they sing what I like. And all right. You know. I mean, man, you are a priest. You have been cleansed and you've been given that ability to serve him at priest level. So we ought to priest praise. Get your priest praise on. Get your priest praise on, all right? Now, don't think it's stuffy, all right? Some of you are like, right, stuffy. But really, the implication here is you are standing before God in priestly garments. You are white. You are pure. You are, now, don't get stuffy with that thought, all right? Get anointed. Get anointed. Don't get stuffy with that. Get anointed, man. Get ready to give God your whole heart. Get ready to give God undivided attention. Get ready to give God like all of you and say, I get my priestly praise on because you have cleansed me and you have given me the ability to serve you at priest level. Man, that means also that we're not lazy. We're not tired. we're, We're saying, God, I'm in. And then I want you to understand this too. With this saying that we're cleansed and this, this revelation of like, you are cleansed and you are to serve at a priest level. Can I just tell you, that means you're to engage in the life and the body of the church at priest level. Okay. You can't live there and be in your chair and be like, well, that's good. We'll make sure that they do the work and that they do it. And that's good that they serve. I'm here to just take it in and then leave. No, you're, you're serving at a priest level. God's like, you were dirty. You were filthy dirty. You were scarlet covered, but I cleansed you and then I cleaned your conscience so that you can have a pure conscience as you stand before me. But then, you know, now I want you to praise me like a priest and I want you to serve me like a priest. I want you to step in and realize you have something to do that I need you to do for this world. You need to have a priestly level of service. And saying, God, I desire to to serve you and to use my gifts, and realize that I've been created to serve you in a higher capacity way. I don't want to just sit around. I want to use my gifts and I want to use my talents. I want to praise you. I want to serve you. I want to work for you. And it's not I have to. It's I get to. It's not like, well, if you're part of River Valley Church, you have to. No, you get to. I think about this. How sad would it be to go to a church where they didn't want you to use your gifts? Just leave it to the professionals. We got it under control. rest of y'all just stay there. We got it. Okay? But instead, I'm like, hey, I'm not the professional priest. I'm the coach priest. That's what I am. I'm coach. I'm coach. And I'm saying, get in the game. That God wants all his priests working. He wants all of them out there working and he wants them all using their gifts and you get to. It's not that you have to, you get to. And then we serve with a grateful heart. We say, God, I serve you with a grateful heart and everything I do is not to win your favor, but it's to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for letting me be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ and being cleansed from all that unrighteousness, all those dirty things that I've done. And thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me to stand before you clean and use what I have for your glory. And then we get to serve with a clear conscience and we get to serve with a heart bursting with love and saying, God, I desire to use what I have for your glory and for your honor. I'm praying that we will realize that New Testament clean means priest-level clean. And it doesn't mean you have to stop and wash before you come into church and change your clothes and do that and wash again and all that, but it means you've been cleansed, you've been washed. And Jesus now says, you're a priest. You stand before God. You stand before God in that way, offering your praise, offering your work, offering your life, a living sacrifice, the Bible says, saying, God, I'm I'm desiring to stand before you, realizing I'm forgiven, and now I offer you this. I was cleansed to be able to do this with a clear conscience and to do it with my whole heart and to do these gifts of service for your glory. I got cleansed so I could join the cleanup crew. I got cleansed so I could join the cleanup crew. I'm cleansed now and I can get into the cleanup crew and help other people to find the forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And I thank God for that. I do pray that that's a revelation for our church. Get your priestly praise on. Get your priestly service on. Say, God, it's our opportunity to serve you because you've forgiven us and you've made us clean. So God, I just pray that you'd help us to realize that. You'd help us to realize that that we've been forgiven. We've been cleansed. We've been, uh, the old things have been passed away and it's, it's taken care of on the cross and God, we don't have to let the enemy say that we're not forgiven because we are and we can write First John uh, 1, 7 on it and say we're cleansed. The, the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all of our sin. And God, then I just pray that we'd get our praise on and we'd, we'd worship you and recognize we could come before you and raise our hands. We can come before you and sing with our whole heart. And then God, I pray that we'd serve and we realize we could serve with everything within us. You created us for good works. You created for us and, and cleansed us now so that we could get on the cleaning crew and help other people to know you as Lord and Savior. We thank you, God, for New Testament clean. We don't leave our church today. We don't leave wondering if we're clean, wondering if we're on mission. We know that we're cleansed. We know that we're purified and we know that we're on mission for you. So God, help us to live differently. Help us to live in a way that says we understand why we've been cleaned. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.